Koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. You know, I'm feeling especially special today because if you were listening this morning during the 8 o'clock hour during Family Life Live, Family Life Today Live, they've been doing uh, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, Bob Lapine and Dennis Rainey, uh, they're live with their broadcast. And I know why they do it because Bob Lapine, well, he's a radio guy. I mean, he's been in radio longer than I have. And we, in fact, used to work together together. 35 years ago, something like that. Uh, Bob Lapine has worked for Salem Media before, all of that. But he's been with Family Life Today nearly 24 years. But anyway, Bob is talking about during this live broadcast, maybe throwing his hat into the ring for the presidential election. So I just tweeted Bob before the show today, and I said, Hey, Bob, don't forget that if you do run for office, the highest office in the land, you know, people really dig deep uh, into your background. And, well, you know, i just saying that the tape still exists and uh, just left it out there. Well, ended up uh, being on the broadcast talking, and he offered me a cabinet position. So uh, I, if Bob wins, I'll be the Secretary of Defense. And he said, defense along the border? <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's, it's just great fun. If you uh, want to hear really great radio and great teaching and ministry, Family Life Today, always at 8 o'clock, but uh, tomorrow their last live broadcast for 2016, and uh, it's really a lot of fun. Speaking of a lot of fun, tonight, stand-up tour at Talking Stick Resort Arena. Uh, I've almost got my brain around now calling it Talking Stick Resort Arena instead of America West Arena or what was it before? Purple Palace is what I remember. You know, when they first opened it up, it was Purple Palace. But David Jeremiah, the stand-up tour with Michael W. Smith and Charles Billingsley, if you reserve your tickets. Please get there early and join us. And if you didn't, then maybe you can still get in by getting there and going to Will Call and getting your tickets. If you're there, make sure and seek out the uh, Faith Talk 1360 booth because, well, Gene and I, we've got tons of giveaways and we've got lots of materials to hand out. We're giving away an autographed David Jeremiah study Bible uh, and some of his books, but there is a lot of stuff that we're giving away. We'd love to have you come by the booth tonight at the stand-up tour if you're able to make it. A lot of things coming up in the next uh, month or so. Aspire, an evening full of laughter, learning, stories, and music just for women with uh, Shante Fieldhahn, who is uh, the uh, keynote speaker. Uh, Shannon Hoffpower is going to be joining as well. Carrie Pomeroli, she is so funny. She is absolutely delightful. And then uh, the Valley's own Mia Kane is going to be uh, bringing the worship music. You can get all the details at AspireWomensConference.com. That's AspireWomensConference.com. Tickets uh, in advance are only $22.50. You can get a, a $30 VIP. Uh, group rate is $20. But again, go online, AspireWomensConference.com. That is coming up Friday, April 8th. And then, of course, later in April... A couple of big things are happening on the same day, Saturday, April 16th. I'm going to be doing double duty. I am going to uh, be walking for the Crisis Pregnancy Center, the Walk for Life. 
Now, there's going to be two locations this year, but I'm going to be actually at Chase Field as the uh, stadium announcer for Hope Fest. And uh, Hope Fest is at Chase Field on the 16th as well. So there are plenty of things to do, and we're going to be talking about those uh, as we get closer to each and every event. In fact, we're going to be screening Young Messiah, uh, the movie, next week. Uh, details are forthcoming on that. It's going to be a great week uh, next week on the program as well. But today, I'm really excited. If you've not heard Russ Miller speak, you're going to get a great opportunity today here on Koinonia. He's next. You're in for a great hour of broadcasting here. This is Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Uh, In studio, Russ Miller from Creation Ministries. Creationministries.org is where you find it online. And uh, Russ and I met about a year and a half ago. I can't believe, you know, when you sat down uh, and I said, it's been a year and a half, you kind of had this blank look Mm -hmm. on your face. like Time flies by. (laughs) Because... It can't have been 16 months ago that we went to the Grand Canyon. It just, mm. it's been, but 2015, it was just gone. It was just gone. First quarter, I mean, it's already March of 2016. What's up with that? Uh, but it, uh, we've got so much to talk about today, but I want you to give just a little, your background. Um, you didn't start out uh, in your life to do what God has you doing today, uh, but it's always uh, interesting to me to see how God just kind of brings us to where he wants mm-hmm. us. And then we find a groove that was created by him for us. It's like, how could we have done anything else? Well, exactly. I guess one thing I've learned is that uh, we have to make plans for our lives, but we have to be flexible because our plans may not be God's plans. Mm-hmm. In fact, most often <laughs> they're <It's> not. not. <laughs> but I uh, used to... Uh, my background is general management. I had my own nationwide business I had started. I was actually planning on retiring at the age of 49 and living Aren't the we li- all, right? life of Riley. And um, <laughs> things were heading right toward that direction until I hit the age of 44. And I was actually a trustee in my church at the time, but I was what you would call a theistic evolutionist. Uh, that's a Christian who believes Jesus used billions of years in death and suffering to to slowly evolve us over long ages of time. Mm-hmm. You know, today the church is full of theistic evolutionists and progressive creationists who think, you know, Jesus used billions of years of death and suffering to slowly create us. There's gap theorists, uh, all sorts of odd beliefs that aren't found in the Bible, mm-hmm. uh, denying, in fact, that Jesus is the creator and the judge that he says that and says that he is. So I was a trustee in my church and a theistic evolutionist, and then I saw some of the information that I now share with others. And Tom, I got to tell you, it just blew me away. I started studying this day and night, and after a couple of years, I actually just went to my wife and said, you know, Joanna, I don't think God wants me just making money and retiring, playing the rest of my life. I think he wants me sharing this information with others. And she, a good godly woman, she said, you know, if you really feel that's what God wants you to do, that's what we should do. And we gave my business away to a guy who worked for me for 13 plus years. And I just told him, hey, I'm going into a ministry. I'm not giving you any warning. So here, you just have this business. And 
We went cold turkey into the ministry wow. back in 2000, and so we're in our 16th year now, and um, that's how we uh, we got to where we are right now. <laughs> and your wife, what was her first reaction again when you said that? Well, you know, she probably wishes it was a different reaction, but uh, no, she just looked at me and said, if you really feel this is what God wants you to do, that's what we need to do. Yeah. And that's what we've been doing now for, like I said, 16 years. Yeah, we, uh, Mary and I, went on the uh, 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 bus trip, leaders trip to the Grand Canyon. And, in fact, uh, I'm happy to say that Mary and I are both are in your promo video. I don't know if you're aware of that, but uh, the, the I now you have to look really close and, and just it's there for a second. But uh, that was a great trip uh, on a lot of different levels. Uh, on the bus trip up, you... Uh, play some videos that you have created with mm-hmm. your teaching ministry, and then the tour of the Grand Canyon. And, you know, I've been to the Grand Canyon before, and mm-hmm. it, it's pretty awe-inspiring, and it's beautiful. And then you started describing what really we were seeing there, and it started to take on a whole new life. And uh, one of those uh, odd theories that uh, you mentioned there, the gap theories, I think that's probably... When you were describing what the different thoughts on the mm-hmm. creation of all that is, was, and ever will be by mm-hmm. our Creator, uh, I started to think differently based mm-hmm. on the evidence that you were pointing out. But just, you know, we've got 10 minutes here to uh, just to talk about the Grand Canyon and the things that you can share uh, that God's shown you and, you know, science has shown us mm-hmm. that uh, are truths about the age of the earth. Well, you know, it's an important issue, and uh, it's a very subtle attack on uh, Christianity. It's so subtle that most of us, like you and I at one time, didn't even realize it was an attack. Uh, The age of the earth in and of itself, see, isn't the issue. Now, billions of years of time, and these old earth beliefs that are worshipped today, and they are worshipped, they were only invented about 210 years ago. So all these uh, progressive creationists, theistic evolutionists, gap theorists, these all came along in the last 200 years uh, by Christians saying, oh, gee, how do we fit this billions of years into God's Word? And what I show people is we don't. There was a global flood. And I'll, I'll try to explain that here over the next few minutes, but um, there's just so much confusion on these issues. And the issue from a Christian standpoint isn't so much the age of the earth as it is when did death enter the creation. Mm. Now, I have a book, The Cost, Mm -hmm. and The Cost is just an acronym that I feel God gave me to explain the biblical foundations found in Genesis 1 and 3. Uh, The Cost, C-O-S and the Cross. The, The C is the perfect creation. And it was uh, it was perfect. There was no death or suffering in it. It was perfect. Well, good scoffers today might come up and say, "Hey, Tom, if you you guys believe in this God who loves and cares about us all, uh, how can that be when we live in a world full of death and suffering? What kind of a God would create a world like this?" Well, the answer is the cost. God gave us the perfect creation, and the O is Adam's original sin. Mm-hmm. Now, that original sin that brings up the S separated us from our loving Creator requiring the cross, our redemption through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Creation, original sin, separation, and the need for the cross, the Mm -hmm. cost. And uh, that's what my book covers, and it talks about the age of the earth issues. The problem with the the old earth issues is not the the years. It's that they all put death before Adam. Mm. Well, think about it. Once you've 
taught that death existed before Adam. You can't teach Adam's sin brought death into the world, separating us from God, requiring our redemption. And that's what the age of the earth issues are all about. And most Christians don't realize it because it's such a subtle attack. Being the super smart guy that I am, the real egghead intellectual, I can remember (laughs) when you said that as we were making the trip up there. And it's irrefutable. It's eye-opening. It's just like, okay, got nothing for that. The, The thought just hit me right between the eyes one day. And since that time, I've been showing people uh, why real science, Tom, real science is a believer's best friend. Yeah. Have, you, have you ever heard someone say, oh, you Christians, if you believe in biblical creation, you're anti-science? Mm, That's all true. propaganda. Yeah. Real science, uh, most people don't even realize it today, but of the 200 or so branches of modern science, over 80% of the branches of modern science were begun by Christians in order to study God's creation. Yeah. We felt, hey, there's an intelligent creator. He probably put some laws and principles in place to govern his creation. And if we study the creation, we can discover some of those things. Well, over the past 150 years, unfortunately, real science has been undermined by secularists who teach their religious belief, two beliefs, billions of years, that's a belief, leading to you through a Darwinian process, that's another belief, two beliefs. Billions of years leading to Darwinism is taught as if it's science, mm-hmm. when all it is is another a belief on how we came about. It's a belief about our origins, as is creation. Yeah, one of the things that I've chuckled about when I've had uh, opportunities to discuss this with somebody that doesn't agree with me, uh, that I'm sorry, but it seems to take a little more faith to believe what you're believing would happen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. than what I believe. Absolutely. You know, to me, a creator makes so much more obvious sense, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just does. When you look at, at a cell, and remember in Darwin's day when he when he uh, postulated his uh, – they call it a theory. It's actually not even a hypothesis. But um, when, when he came up with this idea, which actually got from a lot of other sources – uh, you know, science thought a cell was just a simple gelatin-like glob of substance. So in their minds, they could imagine how maybe it just poof came about on its own. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, God tells us that the rulers of the world, they'll, uh, they'll join up against God. They'll be plotting against God and then the anointed. And God is sitting in heaven laughing at them. He, he's mocking them. He has them in derision. And the more they get into the cell is a good example of that. They thought it was a simple glob of gelatin. Now we know it's the most complex uh, system in the universe. It's it's made up of, it's got thousands of molecular motors inside of a cell that run the cell, and each motor had to have been there at the very start or the other motors couldn't have functioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very complex molecular motors uh, inside of the cell. And then, of course, there's the RNA DNA system, which is so complex. Uh, you know, we, we're really proud as humans when we took a big movie camera and shrunk it down to the size of a book. Right. Okay, we're, and, and the, the smaller the, the camera, the more expensive it's going to be, right? Uh, well, think about God's ability to shrink things down. All of the genetic information, and you're made up of an estimated mm, 70 to 80 trillion cells, and each of your cells' DNA contain 3 billion base pairs of genetic information per cell times 70 to 80 trillion cells. There's about 7 billion people on Earth today. All the genetic information to to make up all 7 billion people on Earth today 
would fit into a container the size of an aspirin. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, and we're proud when we shrink a camera down. So, you know, God's uh, God's in, in total control, and there's no way to uh, to explain that evolving from a you know creationministries.org. Now, I know that uh, Russ is going to say something today for a lot of you that you're going to go ah I'm, no huh I got an argument. You know what? You can go to creationministries.org. Tons of resources there. You can also uh, communicate with Russ. But uh, as we spend the hour together today, we're going to talk. Uh, well, there's uh, you know a couple of things specifically on the Grand Canyon that are pretty eye-opening and pretty amazing and proof uh, that the Bible is true, cover to cover. Word for word and cover to cover. Yeah. And Amen. that is something that I kind of delighted in embracing and understanding that, uh, you know, with modern uh, archaeology, we're finding, you know, they're always now finding something that proves a particular story in the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's all, there's it's just, like you said, the more we find out, the more we find out everything's true. Absolutely. It's all true, folks. Real science is a believer's best friend. I believe that as well. Again, Russ Miller, creationministries.org is where you'll find him online, but we're going to continue the conversation next here on Koinonia. This is Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Again, online, creationministries.org. Russ Miller, my guest this hour. And uh, Russ, uh, we, we intended on talking Grand Canyon in the first segment, but two guys with the gift of gab like us, uh, we can get uh, sidetracked pretty easily. Uh, again, Mary and I were on uh, one of the leadership tours that you made to the Grand Canyon uh, just shy of a year and a half ago. There is so much just in this one place on the earth to learn about the truths that are in the Bible. Share mm-hmm. with us some of those, when you explain them, become so blatantly obvious uh, <laughs> clues to the truth. <laughs> Tom, the, uh, and the really neat thing about uh, sharing the truth of God's Word uh, through and at Grand Canyon is that the Grand Canyon is one of the pillars of secular beliefs. Remember, the foundation of Darwinism, naturalism, and humanism is billions of years of time. Mm-hmm. Now, if they lose billions of years, they lose it all. And their big pillars are radiometric dating, the geologic column, which is where the old earth beliefs really are derived from, Grand Canyon and dinosaurs, mm-hmm. and the denial there was ever a global flood. Those are their uh, five pillars. Well, Grand Canyon is great proof of the global flood, which wipes out their billions of years' beliefs. And you know, some of the things we show uh, once you get to the rim of the canyon, and I'm going to assume most of the listeners today have been to Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll be speaking at a church on a Sunday morning. In fact, uh, this coming Sunday, uh, I'll be doing two service messages at uh, Calvary Chapel, North Phoenix. Okay. If anyone's interested in Great. stopping by, we're going to talk about America's Christian heritage and how that's been undermined by the teaching of, of evolutionism. 
uh, which is why we are where we are today. It's a, it's a good yeah. message. Um, but at Grand Canyon, uh, when you stand on the rim looking down, I always ask people, hey, you know, who wants to go to Grand Canyon with me? And, you know, around Arizona, people have this look on their face like, oh, big hole in the ground, been there before. Yep. And I'll say, well, listen, when you were there, what did you think when you, about it when you first realized you were looking at original creation rock? And all of a sudden, people are looking up at me like, what? And, I, and I'll say, yeah, and, and what do you think about what, – what was, what was your uh, feeling when you first realized where the flood layers laid right on top of the creation rock, literally where creation met judgment? What did you think of that? And everybody's looking at me like, what? what? I didn't see that. And, and then I'll say, and what did you think about the, the mile-plus layers of sediments that used to exist above the rim of the canyon that have been removed from southern Utah all the way to the sea? And, and now the bus fills up. Yeah. And that's what we show people at Grand Canyon. And, you know, you've been there. We, we talked about that missing mile and a half of strata. And I, I showed remnants of it above the rim and talked about the Grand Staircase. We do Grand Staircase tours where um, that includes Zion and Bryce, which is where this erosional event ended. And those that mile plus of layers, they're picked up if you go north at Vermilion Cliffs, Zion and Bryce. Mm-hmm. Geologically, it's called the Grand Staircase. But if you go there, they won't talk about what formed them because right. only a global flood can explain that and a global flood explains how the earth's strata layers form quickly the old earth beliefs are all based on the earth's strata layers having formed slowly over long ages of time so they have to deny, deny the global flood um <clears throat> so that's what we show at grand canyon yeah. we, we talk about the straight up and down canyon walls which is indicative of very fast formation we point out the lack of rock debris in the canyon proving it formed relatively recently it hasn't been standing there for millions of years. Rock walls collapse over right. time. And, um, you know, we a- we answer the scofferly question, and actually sometimes well-meaning people ask me, and, and that is simply, hey, if Grand Canyon is a result of a global flood, um, why aren't there uh, Grand Canyons, you know, millions of Grand Canyons? And, you know, that's a good question. I always answer it by saying, well, listen, if rivers carve out huge canyons over billions of years of time, and the earth is 4.6 billion years old, how come every river, gully, stream, and creek isn't in its own Grand Canyon? And the answer is it took a very special set of circumstances yeah. to form Grand Canyon. And well, I explain those. One of the things that you also do uh, river trips through the canyon, and uh, you don't always have uh, uh, boat mates that uh, have the same beliefs, and maybe they've been doing it for years and years. And I, I just love one of the things uh, – you asking a question back to one of those guys uh, about how, you know, they're, they're at the very bottom of the canyon where the river is, the rock is smooth, you know, mm-hmm. but you just go up a little ways and it's not smooth anymore. And you use that, <laughs> you use that as a, uh, you know, a very blatant uh, example of what you're saying about this is just not true. Yeah, go I, over I, that. I'm surprised you remember that, but yes, I, somewhere along the, the, the trip, and we do a two-day rim and raft trips as well as one-day rim trips, and we do the seven-day grand staircase. So uh, on, the, on, the, on the raft portion, I'll somewhere along the, the way sit by the raft crew mm-hmm. who are generally, unfortunately, non-believers. Hired workers, yes. experts in the canyon, and, and, theoretically. And, theoretically, and, and they, they have a – there's a pride issue there. They, they like this pagan lifestyle. I mean mm-hmm. they're, they're kind of like proud pagans for the most part, 90 percent of them. Well, anyway, somewhere along the way, and and uh, I'll sit in the back, and I'll I'll point out to the polished river rock along the river. 
And I'll say, hey, how come the, the rock over here is all polished off? And they like to explain to the dumb creationist, well, that's because, you know, over you know time, the water running over the rock polishes the rock and makes it nice and smooth. And I'll say, oh, okay. And, and I, then I'll say, and you believe the river carved the, the canyon out slowly from the top all the way to the bottom over millions of years? And I'll go, that's right, absolutely. And I'll look at him and I'll say, well, how come the, the river rock is only polished for about 20 feet above the river? And then all the <laughs> way up to the top, a mile above us, it's not polished the rest of the way. And all of a sudden the light bulb comes on. Yeah. The river had nothing to do with the formation of Grand Canyon. It happened very quickly in a matter of days by massive water flow. There's a couple of good uh, uh, theories on that today that are competing. One's called the breach dam theory, and, and the other is a late channeling event. But we talked earlier about the mile plus of sediments that used to exist above the rim of the canyon that have been removed. And uh, the theories basically come down to late flood water removed that uh, mile plus of sediments. Uh, the Kaibab upwarp uplifted as the mountains arose and the valley sank down and Either late flood water was caught behind the upwarp and later breached the dam, carving the canyon in a matter of days, or late flood water formed a channeling event and cut through the upwarp, forming the canyon, also in a matter of days. Yeah. And uh, really, the uh, <laughs> the evidence is pretty obvious. Most folks probably think, hey, this guy must be crazy. But actually, uh, most folks don't realize it, but secular geologists pretty much agree it formed in a matter of days today. Uh, they still teach the old earth beliefs because that's the foundation of Darwinism, naturalism, and secular humanism. And Grand Canyon's been one of their pillars, but they've actually lost Grand Canyon. Uh, so we, we can recapture it for the glory of God. What has been uh, – now, you have had so many great stories of people going on this trip and having their eyes open to what you're teaching as being truth. What are some memorable moments for you? I know, uh, for example – one of your trips, you took them to the uh, the IMAX uh, theater there, and you had somebody that was working at the IMAX in the line. You had a great conversation with her. Yes, and I'm realizing I have to be careful yeah, what I say around you because you rem- you're I'm, like I'm a like steel like a, trap. I didn't just go and just hang out. <laughs> we do uh, sometimes our, our trips, the groups want to go by the IMAX, not all the time, but occasionally. And uh, one afternoon, we ended one of our Grand Canyon Rim tours at the IMAX on the way out, and I, I stood in line. It was a real crowded day, and there were two lines getting tickets. And when I got up to the front, I said to the woman selling tickets in my line, I said, I need 55 tickets. And she said, well, what group are you with? And I said, I'm with Creation Ministries. And she, the the young woman, about 23, who was selling tickets next to her, immediately starts yelling at me in this crowded <laughs> lobby, what are you teaching those people? And, you know, I just looked her in the eye. I said, I'm teaching them how Grand Canyon really formed instead of these worn out fairy tales you guys keep pushing. (laughs) And that kind of set her back. And Tom, she said something, she regrouped. And then she said something very revealing. She, she stuttered and she said, well, 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 I was raised in a Christian home and I went off to college and learned everything. The Bible says a lie. I said, no, you went off to college and you listened to your atheist Marxist professors and bought every lie they spewed out of their mouth. You have been fooled. And I said, look, when I give these people their tickets, I'll have a half hour. If you can take a break, 
I'll sit down with you and I'll answer any question you, you have about creation, evolution, age of the earth issues. And she did. She took a break. We sat down and she had question after question and every one solid, well thought out question. I, I answered her questions. She took my website and cards, said she'd go and study more on the website. And um, so, yeah, we, we can – why was she mad? She wasn't mad at me. Mm-hmm. She was mad because when she went off to college, she hadn't been prepared for what she was going to run into. Yeah. And it had destroyed her faith. And she was mad about it. Yeah. And, you know, that's uh, – we have to – Dr. Del Tackett teaches in The Truth Project that we have to remember that evil exists, right? Mm-hmm. But all are chosen by God. They're all, they're all God's children. Mm-hmm. Some are blinded to the truth. And we have to remember that we have an enemy that we're working against. But the people, the children of God, are not the actual enemy. Mm-hmm. It's the evil and the sin that uh, permeates uh, our land because of the original sin. Absolutely. And the, our, our primary enemy is intelligent, <laughs> subtle, and knows what buttons Conniving. to push. Conniving, man. Yes. Absolutely has Tom Brown. He has a Ph.D. in what makes Tom Brown tick, and he knows what buttons to push, and he knows how to get me to just miss the bullseye just a tiny mm-hmm. bit. And that's the reason I try to explain to people, and I, I'm always talking about the fact that you need to have a, a vibrant prayer life. You need to be in communication with this creator of all that is, was, and ever will be to make sure you don't get off track and aren't easily... Uh, you know, fooled. The Bible Absolutely. talks a little bit about mm-hmm. that too, doesn't it? Absolutely. And you know, you think about John three sixteen that God sent His only begotten Son, so that those who believe in Him, I think, is important to believe yeah. in Him, put our faith in Him, and keep in mind from the Book of John, we learn that all things were made by the Word of God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word of God, our Creator is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is Creator; He's our Judge and He's our Redeeming Savior. So. Those are all three parts, and, and to pick and choose which ones to believe and not to believe is a dangerous place to be. It certainly is. Creationministries.org. Russ Miller is my guest. You can find more info online, creationministries.org. And the reason I keep putting this website out is because I know there are people out there going, but, 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 and they're going to, you know, they're going to get mad at me, but I'm not, nope, there's the information, and uh, we're going to continue to share. As a matter of fact, you're listening the Koinonia, this is Faith Talk 1360, KPXQ. Miller is uh, in studio with me, creationministries.org. We've been talking a little uh, creationism. We've been talking a little uh, gap theory. We've been talking Grand Canyon. Uh, There's a ton of information. You have uh, a lot of different things that you do as well, and we're coming up on kind of your busy season. Now, that's kind of funny now that I say it out loud, your busy season. You're you're, you're telling me your itinerary. You're flying all over the country right now. But in in the for Grand Canyon-related stuff, Mm -hmm. 
you're going to be coming into the high season, but you have uh, several different tours that you offer uh, on your website there. Tell me a little bit about some of those trips. Well, of course, we have our one-day rim tours, and that's usually hosted by a church or a Christian group. Um, maybe a radio show or a radio station. Maybe, no, maybe a little that. hint there, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but our two-day rim and raft trips. We've got uh, several of those coming up this summer, uh, starting late May, a couple in June, one in July, and uh, that's where we do our rim trip one day, stay overnight in hotels, do a do a four-hour river raft trip the next day, and I, I can point out uh, really neat things, including that missing mile of strata. Uh, we actually raft through the first 2,000 feet of the mile-plus of sediments that have been removed if you're at Grand Canyon. It's first major step of the Grand Staircase, the Vermilion Cliffs. And interestingly enough, we had a river guide uh, a year and a half ago. He was a young guy, maybe I'm going to say 20 or 21, and usually as I'm going along and I'm getting a biblical interpretation, the, the guides usually just kind of listen. Yeah. But this time, for for four hours, everything I would say, he would interrupt and try to give the secular misinterpretation. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, secular geologists say this and this. And I would explain something through a biblical view. Oh, secular geologists say this and this. Well, this went on for four hours, and I was pretty nice about it. Every time he'd do that, I'd explain why they, they misinterpreted. I'd explain where their faults were. But as we got to uh, just before you land at Lee's Ferry, all of a sudden you're going through these 800-foot-tall cliffs, and all of a sudden, boom, they're gone. You're, you come out of the cliffs, they're gone. That's the first uh, where the first uh, major step of the Grand Staircase is. And they've been removed all the way to the sea, and I'm explaining that to everybody, and he interrupts me. Well, secular geologists say over millions of years a small stream removed that. And I just said – I just interrupted. Finally, I just had it, Tom. Yeah. And I just interrupted. I said, excuse me, but do you ever actually think about what they've told you? I mean, a small stream removed these 800-foot cliffs for tens of thousands of square miles and left no evidence of where they went. That's that's just stupid. Think about what you're saying. Well, well, two weeks later, two weeks later, we we had another rim and raft trip, and we had had four different uh, guides, and he was on one of the boats. And I told my wife when I found out that morning in the hotel room, I said, listen, oh, I was so I was nice to him last time, but I'm not putting up with this this time. I, if he does that again, I'm going to start asking him questions he can't answer. I'm going to yeah. embarrass him and get him to shut up. And uh, anyways, we get there, and I'm on a different raft. At the halfway point, you get off, and I'm going to get onto his raft and straighten out any issues he may have brought up. And as we're get, getting off the raft, people coming off his raft are coming up to me going, oh, this is the greatest guide in the world. He's explaining everything through a biblical worldview. And <laughs> it ter- comes to find out he was raised in a Christian home, and wow. he went off to college and learned all the misinterpretations. And, you know, after thinking about, you know, what he said, and I kind of challenged him about think about what you're, you're, you're believing here, uh, he came back around, and now he's sharing that area <laughs> through a biblical view. Wow. So that, that's our rim and raft trip. Uh, we do gr- uh, a couple of Grand Staircase trips. Uh, these are really neat vacations. And we do the REM trip, the raft trip. Then we uh, stay overnight in cabins on the north rim of Grand Canyon. Then we go into Zion and stay two nights in Zion. And uh, then we stay a night in Bryce. You see, if you go north, the uh, the Grand Staircase is the end of the erosional event that removed that mile plus, almost a mile and a half of sediments that used to exist above Phoenix and mm-hmm. above the Grand Canyon. 
and the erosional event ended at Bryce. Uh, let's say from here north, you go past Grand Canyon about 65 miles, and you get the 2,000-foot-tall Vermilion Cliff. So mm-hmm. we do the one-half-day raft trip through. Now, on top of those 2,000 feet and 40 miles north, you pick up the 2,500-foot cliffs of Zion, the white and gray cliffs of Zion. Now, on top of those 2,500 feet and 45 miles north, you pick up the 2,000-foot-tall pink cliffs of Bryce, and that's the Grand Staircase. Google it, Grand Staircase. Bryce, Zion, Vermilion Cliffs, that's the end of the erosional event, and that mile plus of strata gone all the way to the sea. Mm -hmm. Now, think about this, Tom. Grand Canyon's a big hole in the ground, right? Right. It's missing. It's 277 miles long, up to 18 miles wide, averages a mile deep, and they estimate it's missing about 900 cubic miles of sediments. Wow. 900. That's a big hole in the ground. But this missing mile of sediments doesn't represent 900 cubic miles. It represents right. about 130,000 cubic miles of missing sediments. So Grand Canyon's not even 1% of this missing uh, sediment layer. And it's undeniable proof of the global flood. And the global flood wipes out every old earth belief by explaining how the earth's sedimentary layers that make up the crust laid down by water form quickly, not slowly, over never seen Millions of years of time that put death before Adam. Well, but carbon dating, radio, the the science has ways of telling us how many million years this rock has been here. Well, carbon dating is a great friend of biblical Christianity. Absolutely. Real science. Remember, real science is a believer's best friend. But you got to watch out for misinterpretations of evidence being passed off as science. Uh, Carbon dating, they measure the amount of carbon-14 in organic remains. Uh, Carbon-14 decays away over time, so the less carbon-14 in an item, the older it dates. That makes sense, right? Okay. But they they say that at the rate of decay, the measurable amount of carbon-14 should be gone in less than 100,000 years. Some scientists say 40,000, but let's give them the maximum. Let's say it would be there for 100,000 years. So if these sedimentary layers laid down by water that make up the crust of the earth that we are told are almost up to 600 million years old, only the first hundred, the last 100,000 years would have any carbon-14 in them. But recent studies show all fossil-bearing layers down to the bottom of the Cambrian, which is supposedly almost 600 million years old, they still have carbon-14 in organic remains in those layers. So that means all those layers can only be less than 100,000 years old. And better yet, remember, it decays away over time. Mm-hmm. So from the top layer all the way through to the bottom layer of the Cambrian, the c 14s in the same range of amounts, which means all those layers had to form in the same event. And nothing but a global flood can explain that. And a global flood wipes out every older belief that puts death before Adam. So what I try to show Christians is, hey, we don't have to try to fit the, the foundation of Darwinism, naturalism, and humanism, billions of years of time that put death before Adam into God's word. We just need to learn how to interpret the world through a biblical view. Mm-hmm. Now, that's what I do in my book, The Cost. It's what I do in my 14 live messages. It's what we do in our Grand Canyon tours and I would just invite people that struggle with these ideas. Uh, I think the the trip, the leadership trip you went on, we had a pastor stand up who had been a gap theorist his whole life. And he, he said, hey, Russ, my secretary got your book, The Cost, and gave it to me. And he read it on a plane flight across the country. And he said, by the time I landed, I was no longer a gap theorist. Yeah. 
and he understood the importance of uh, the original sin and the impact it's had on the world. Okay, so I can't win that argument. Uh, let me change gears here. How about the finches? Uh, Darwin's finches obviously prove evolution. Well, they, they prove what I guess you could call microevolution. See, the word evolution has many meanings, and one is scientific and biblical, and that would be what I would call microevolution. Now, trying to nail down these definitions is like trying to nail jello to a wall. Right. So let, me, you know, let me trust you on that. But Darwinists love to make no distinction between micro and macro. Now, macroevolution would be Darwinian evolution, like a, like a finch producing a non-finch, a dog, a parakeet, a pumpkin, whatever. I almost said biology professor, but I don't want to be mean-spirited, mean so I skipped that one. So, so that would be macro, a, do, a finch producing a non-finch. Now, micro is just changes within the same kind of plant or animal, finches producing finches. What Darwin actually observed, and he made a great observation, there were 13 varieties of finches he counted. I think there's actually 14 on the Galapagos. Some were yellow, some were white, some were black, some were thick-billed, thin-billed. Great observation. Uh, he 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 saw micro changes within the same kind, finches bringing forth finches. But he jumped to the miraculous, erroneous conclusion that somehow, given enough of the magic ingredient, time, that the finches would become non-finches, Darwinian macro-style change. But as we here today, 150-plus years after his book came out, Tom never has a single example of Darwinian macroevolution ever been found in in the living world or in the fossil record. They've got a lot of frauds. I cover these in my Science versus Darwinism in the textbooks that I gave at NAU a few years ago. Caused cause NAU to launch an accredited course attacking me in biblical creation. I was going to say, didn't you start a whole course of people trying to attack your information. Yes, yeah. yes. And, and for Well, the, you obviously, uh, truth, you know, it kind of will do that sometimes. It, it, it did it in Jesus' time. It sure does. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the fact of the matter is all I can do is scoff and name call because what they can't do is put out the, the actual evidence of Darwinian macro. Now, I show people how to destroy Darwinism in four seconds flat, scientifically, and that is simply this. Gene depletion plus natural selection makes Darwinism impossible. Stop your watch. Gene depletion is all changes, these micro-adaptations within a kind or mutations within a kind. They're caused by the sorting or the loss of the parent's starting genetic information. So the gene pools get weaker and weaker. That's what breeders use to breed uh, purebreds. Sure. They, they breed out information. They lose the information they don't want, mm-hmm. gene depletion, until they get something that just has the genetic information uh, for the end plant or animal that they were wanting. Mm-hmm. They use gene depletion. It's a scientific fact. Well, if all changes are caused by the sorting or loss of genetic information, Darwinism is impossible. And as things get weaker and weaker, what keeps them from going extinct? What I call God's quality assurance program, natural selection. Mm. That things just die off. There really isn't a selector there, but we, we call it, when things die off, we, we named it natural selection. So that, that's when things die off, if they didn't die off and their gene pools were getting weaker and weaker, they corrupt the gene pools and everything will go extinct. Right. They lose too much information, boom, they get removed. Wow. All right. Creationministries.org. I told you it was going to be a good hour. It's already over. Can you believe that? We're already... We're already wrapping up here, but uh, you can find out more. If you would like to have uh, one of these tours and you'd like to go with Koinonia, well, 
send me an email, tom at faithtalk1360.com. It's tom at faithtalk1360.com. If you'd like more information on uh, Russ, maybe you'd like to have him speak at your church or group. You can get that information at creationministries.org. Russ, thanks for your time. Thank you, Tom. God bless you.